Good morning. Let us pray. Lord God, Father in heaven, bless you once again for another day, Father, as we uh, come before you this morning. We pray, Father, that you would receive us well. That is, Father, we pray that you would have mercy on us because we're not worthy to enter into your presence. But we trust, Father, as Christians, New Testament believers in Christ Jesus our Lord, we trust, Father, that you will have mercy on us, for we are your children by faith in Christ Jesus. And you have promised us, Father, that you will love us with all that you have, and that is that you will provide us with a everlasting life, a life eternal with you. And so, Father, we come as Jesus has authorized us to do and ask, Father, that you would speak to us this morning as we read your word. And we pray, as always, Father, that we would not only be hearers of your word, but doers as well. In Jesus' name, I ask and pray. Amen. Once again, good morning. It's a new day. And today, uh, and recently, I have been reading through the book of Titus. And actually, I completed it. It's a very short, or should say letter of Titus. I always do that. I always confuse the two. But it's a letter. It's an epistle. Oftentimes, people call it an epistle. And it was written by Paul. And so, recently, lately, I should say, I've been reading, I have been reading from Titus. The letter of Titus. And I want to invite you to come along with me and read from Titus chapter 1 today. And I hope I have something to share. And I trust that I will because the Holy Spirit is always faithful in this. And so I hope that it will encourage you as it has encouraged me. And I just trust that it will because the Bible is clear on this. That God's word will never return unto him void. As Christians, we must believe that. As Christians, we, we have to always continually trust in God, the promises of God. We must always do that. I have to admit, lately I've been struggling with this. I've been really struggling. Uh, you know, it's not easy being a Christian, especially in America. And... So, in order to be a Christian, a faithful Christian especially, we need to stay, first of all, in a place where we can always receive the blessings of God. And that is by faith. The Bible is clear on this. Our faith is in God. Faith always has, the, the, the faith of a Christian it always has, it, the faith of a Christian has an object, and that object is God. We must trust in what God has said, that is, what he has revealed to us in this Bible. Are you with me? Now, Titus begins by saying this, verse 1, Paul a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, 
for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. A faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life with God who does not lie. Promised. Now I want to highlight that. Promised. Notice that. Promised. Before the beginning of time and at his appointed season, he brought his word to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God, our Savior. To Titus, my true son, my true son. Notice how Paul talks about Titus. He talks about him in loving terms. My true son in our common faith. Notice that once again. Faith is so important. I need to emphasize this. Faith is very important. Grace and peace from God, the Father, in Christ Jesus, our Savior. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, the husband of but one wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer is entrusted with God's work, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Now I want to stop there. Clearly, Paul, when he was writing this, he was writing this and he was speaking to Titus. He's writing this as a, as a, as a message to Titus. And of course, Titus, a servant of God as well, received this and he had a job to do, a big job, clearly. And that's what this is all about. This is about what Paul wanted Titus to do. And of course, Paul was telling Titus to do those things which the Lord Jesus himself wanted him to do. And he wants, I believe, us all to do. I believe that we are all, we all have a Titus in us. It's important to understand and to realize that as Christians, we need to be, first of all, accountable to God, always, first and foremost. And we also need to be accountable to one another as well. I mean, clearly, the Bible instructs us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength over in Matthew. And that is a commandment. Also, 
We are to love each other. We are to love each other. We are to love each other in the same way that we love ourselves. And so, in order to do that, we have to remain accountable to one another. We need one another in this life, especially in the earth as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Jesus will be returning real soon. And when he returns, I'm sure what he wants, he wants to see us loving each other for those who are alive here in this earth. And how we're to do that? Well, Paul, in this letter, I think, reveals how we're to love one another as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We want to have someone, and we want to, if not have someone, we want to be someone who is blameless. If you are a man, you want to be blameless in this life. Your life should be that which is blameless in the sight of others, man or woman, I should say. I shouldn't say just the man. That is man or woman. We want to, we, our lives, listen, listen. One of the things that attracts, especially non-believers or those who are not, the people who are not Christian, who are, you know, the one thing that attracts them to people like us who are Christians is how we treat one another. How we love one another. That, that's what attracts them. I'm positively sure of this. Now think about it. Why are you in a church? The church that you're, you're a member of. Why are, you, why are you there? Chances are you're there because, because the way, the feeling that you get that is a result of how you, are, you have been treated and how others treat each other. How, how, not others treat each other, but how the other members, let me clear it up, how the other members treat Everyone else within that community, whatever community, that church that you belong to. I hope I'm making myself clear. And it all begins with the leadership. That's really what elders are. It's just the leadership. It's those who, who are leading that church. In, 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 or the home. It's the same way. In the home. As a father, especially... One of the things I'm learning as a father is I need to work really hard at how I speak to my wife, how I speak to my children. I need to work really hard at that. I need to work very hard at how I live before them. The things that I say, the things that I do. I'm learning that as a leader especially, they need that. They need a father who is, first of all, who loves the Lord, who loves God. And that's what I try to do every day. Every day, I try to live my life in a way that God would have me to, to live, first of all. And I try to live in a way that would truly glorify Him and I try to live in a way that would encourage my children as a father. 
As a husband, the same way, I try to live my life in a way that would encourage my wife in hopes that she will also join with me or follow me in this journey as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We always got to remember, we're part of a, a colossal story here. And that's what really, this, this, this book here, the book of Titus, it fits in the, 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 the drama of the history of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of a God who has revealed himself in three persons, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and he's, he's working with us here in the earth. And he's teaching us how we're to live in this earth as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are in this earth not just for ourselves. We are living for each other in addition to living, living for and serving the Lord our God. Amen? So we're to be blameless. When it comes to adults, men and women especially, uh, I am convinced, and I know, you know, in the Bible there are accounts of, you know, when it comes to marriage especially, there's polygamy. There's, there's accounts of polygamy in the Bible. I know that. And I'm not going to pretend that it's not there. It's there. Polygamy. That is, a husband with multiple wives. Or any vice versa. I learned that, you know, it could be, uh, there are cases of women with multiple husbands and so forth. However, I, I think the Bible makes it, you can make a strong case that for Christians especially, we should be married to only one wife if you're a husband or to one husband if you're a wife. And that's, that's because I, I see that beginning, uh, again, this book, Book of Titus, it fits within the drama, the story of God. And in the beginning, it was Adam and Eve that God had created. And I, I believe that that is our model upon which to base our lives on. And that's why I believe even Paul, he's in agreement here. I, th I believe he he's in agreement with that. And that's what I, I think he's encouraging us to do as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In this life, is if, if you are a man and say, for example, you have not been called to celibacy, then you should be married to only one woman. Or vice versa, if you are a woman, you have not been called to celibacy, then you should be married to uh, one husband. Are you with me? Now, that's, I believe in that. And I think you can make a strong case based upon the writings of Jesus his story about that too. He talks about marriage and so forth, that we should be only married to one woman or if you're a man or if you're a woman to one man as your husband. Now, I don't want to talk any further on that, but I, I want to make that, I really wanted to bring that out here, that this applies to us all. And, from that union of a man and woman, if there are children, our hope is always that our children 
are those who believe. You know, I believe that as a Christian, if you are married and you married to a Christian wife, especially, or if you're a man, or vice versa, if you are a woman and you're married to a Christian uh, husband, and you have then you have children. I I believe that I believe in in children baptism, because I believe that the promises that God has given us, the promises that He has given not only to us but to all those who have gone before us, beginning with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so forth, uh, all the way through the New Testament, I think those promises applies to our children, the children that are in our home. As as the head of my home, as a father, I believe that it's I believe that my children should be baptized as if they were believers. Now, once they become adults, it's up to them on how they want to ultimately live their faith out in Christ Jesus. But I baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The same baptism that I receive, I have given to them as well. Because I believe that they are part of the promises of God. Now, that's, again, that's, this is just one man's opinion. There are people out there who would disagree with me, and so I'm not going to, you know, but I'm going to leave that up to you. And so, Paul, you know, again, he continues on. A man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. I have to admit, as a father, I have been blessed in this. I have children that are, uh, they're just awesome. They're you know, I have to admit, I, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta thank God every day for my children, because I mean, they, they, uh, for the most part, um, they live out their lives in a way that really makes me proud. Now, and of course, there are exceptions, and there, you know, there are times where you know I wish they would, they would do things differently, because especially I have two adult uh, children right now, and um, I have to admit. Uh, they're living their life in a way that I would prefer for them not to live, but I leave that up to them. They're, they're doing things that I would prefer for them not to do. But ultimately, they have to be, they, you know, one thing I always tell them, I say, you know what? Ultimately, you're going to be accountable for what you do in this life before God. On the day of judgment, you're going to have to answer for what you have done with your life. And I'm not going to be there. I can't answer for you. I can't tell, I can't, I can't speak for you. You're going to have to speak for yourself for what you've done with your baptism. The baptism that you received in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And from all those years of being up under my uh, preaching and so forth, ultimately, you're going to have to give an answer for what you've done for that. And, you know, wow, time is not going to permit, but... Again, I'm just sharing these things with you in hopes that it will encourage you and to let you know that God, you know, he's faithful, even when we're faithless. And that uh, in this earth, as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God, he knows what we're going through. He knows the pains and the sufferings. He knows, especially as parents, I know it's, it's very difficult, some of the things I just shared with you. I mean, it's very difficult sometimes for me, accepting some things that my children do, but I love them anyways. And I, I continue to pray for them. 
And I want to encourage you to do the same for your children. And my greatest hope is that they will one day enter into uh, the mercies of God. You know, that I pray that they would, by faith, receive the blessings of God and so forth. But ultimately, again, it's up to God and it's up to them. They have to work out their own salvation just as we work out our salvation in Christ Jesus from day to day as well. I know I talked a lot about a lot of things, but I just want to close with this. Basically, what I'm saying to you is that there's a Titus in each and every one of us and that we we all are responsible. First of all, we have a duty. I'm saying when I say responsible, we have a duty to live our lives in a way that that Paul speaks about here over in the book of Titus, especially Titus chapter chapter 1 verses 5 through all the way to the end of this first chapter. And so I didn't read the whole chapter, but I want to encourage you to take time out and read this chapter. Meditate on it. Apply these truths in your lives. And I assure you, you will be blessed. Let us pray. Lord God, Father in heaven, bless you once again for another day. Father, once again, not our will be done in this earth as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but your will be done. For your will is perfect and right. And so, Father, we are trusting that in the name of Jesus, that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit right now and for the rest of this day. Because yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not promised to us. We have today to live. And so I pray, Father, that we would do it well. In Jesus' name, amen.